we get to the starting line. Um, the guy picks up a jellyfish who's the starter and like puts it on his body. He's like, ladies, you're going to be fine. It's no big deal. He lied. We got in the water um, and we go. So it was like, you have to swim out and then turn right at the buoy. And then you kind of turn right to come back out to a different part of the beach. As soon as we rounded that first buoy, all I could hear was women screaming. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was Jasmine Rogers. She's a former college athlete turned triathlete. And this is your host, Brie Outside. In today's episode, Jasmine's going to talk about her triathlon journey and some of the ups and downs that she's had along the way. As I say at the beginning of every episode, if you choose to apply any advice or opinions from this podcast or its guests to your own life or anyone else's, you do so at your own risk. Now that that's out of the way, let's get started, athletes. So you're a triathlete now, but you were a runner first. Is that right? Yeah. So growing up, I played, you know, a ton of sports and I ended up going to college where I played volleyball and track. But then um, I ended up transferring halfway through college and I just was at ran track. And I did the 100 hurdles, shot put, all sprints, none of this distance stuff. Oh, wow. That is a big change. <laughs> a huge change. Going from speed and power to you know, endurance is, is a huge change. So did you run in like as a kid or did you just start in high school? So my, uh, both my parents uh, were athletes and they like forced us to run as a kid. So I grew up running summer track. Um, but even still, I was always a sprinter and I got forced. I remember to do the pentathlon because I happened to be a good shot putter, which gets you a lot of points, you know, in the, in the, all the events. And so the longest I ever had to run was an 800 meter run, which is, you know, a half mile. And that's not, still not very far. <laughs> and then so how did you find endurance? Because that's a really big shift from sprints to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a totally different like mental game. Yeah, it is. When you're sprinting, you don't have to be alone with your thoughts for, you know, hours at a time. Like, so I don't know. How did I, um, so I was actually, I got into triathlon after I was going through kind of a tough time. I just switched jobs. Um, you know, I broke up with a guy or I guess he broke up with me. It doesn't matter. But, um, you know, I was feeling pretty down and, um, one of my former coworkers was like, I was having a rough time and I was going through a breakup and triathlon helped me. And I was like, yeah, like I'm not very strong at swimming, She's like, no big deal. Like just sign up for my team. There's a lot of cool people. So I went to an interest session and I ended up deciding to sign up and um, I got started there three years ago. <laughs> and I think I saw on your Instagram, so you really just started swimming. Was it five years ago? Yeah. It, my brother's birthday actually <laughs> was my five year anniversary of learning how to swim. I passed my level one class on April 9th, 2015 and it was such a big accomplishment for me because I grew up completely like scared of water. Uh, we never need to be near water. Unfortunately, most black kids, we just didn't have access to water or like it wasn't something that was encouraged. And I was so tired of being scared to like go on cruises or like go, um, you know how they have like the spirit of the Odyssey, you keep the little dinner parties and stuff. I would be so frightened of being on a boat. And I wanted to go on vacation, so I, I'm going to sign up for this learn to swim class, and I'm going to learn how to swim so I can at least feel comfortable at the beach. 
and I signed up for it and I ended up, <laughs> I ended up doing pretty well. <laughs> and then when did you get into the cycling part of triathlon training? Oh, when I started triathlon, I actually was, I probably should have been more nervous about the biking than the swimming when I got started because I hadn't ridden a bike since I was a kid as of when I started <laughs> dry training. So that was, I didn't even have a bike when I started on the team. I had to go out and buy one. What was that experience? Like I just talked to um, a cycler and I don't know anything about cycling, but I learned there's like different kinds of bikes and all that stuff. So did you like know where to go or did you have people to help you? So I was pretty fortunate that um, our triathlon team, they do a really good job with their new people. Like they take us through these various clinics, we'll say, where they'll tell you like what you need for a triathlon one night. And then maybe a couple weeks later, they'll go through like um, a bike, how to change your tire kind of thing. And like pointing out the different sections on a bike. So I want to say I knew we had our first outdoor ride coming up and I was like looking everywhere. Like they suggested, you know, we try like Facebook or offer up or like find a used bike. Cause you don't know if you're going to stick with it, to be honest. But I ended up finding some bike online that was like new $300 and a bunch of people were like, yeah, this is a bike I did my first try on. I'm like, I can, I can, I guess, spare $300. I'll buy it. And if I don't like it, I'll just sell it. No big deal. So I got this like really heavy aluminum bike <laughs> off the internet and I had to put it together myself. And that first year I had so many problems <laughs> with that bike. <laughs> um, it was actually kind of, it was not fun, but I did it. I made it through that first, that first year. <laughs> and then I'm guessing you upgraded to something better. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't know what, if, like, I really don't know what happened. I, um, like I said, I was going through like kind of a tough time when I started and our tri team starts in like February. Um, and I had a change in my job. I want to say that like September at the same time, I had just gotten broken up with, I'm in my early thirties dating this guy who's, you know, hotshot lawyer. I'm like, Oh, this is it. Like we're great. And then change in job. He breaks up with me. And then like Christmas was coming. I'm a teacher and like, I don't know. I didn't have a lot of money. So it was like all these bad things were like happening to me. It felt like at once. So we start in February. And then from there, it was like, I'm just going to do this because my coworker thought it would be a good idea. But then after that first race, I did one in May. I was like, okay, I accomplished something I never thought I was ever going to do. Maybe I'll try it again. Um, And it was a sprint triathlon. And so in the, in June, I was like, oh, I'll try an Olympic distance triathlon. Which, do you know about the distances for the triathlons? The sprint is the shortest one, right? Yeah. In May. So it was a couple of things. We have like a team race. So I couldn't go to the team race. So I did a race where it was like, I was one of five people from our team who went. So it wasn't as supported, but it was a half mile swim, um, a 15 mile bike, and then a 5k at the end. Well, that race, for whatever reason, I got turned around on the race course um, ended up biking 22 miles. <laughs> no. Yes. It took me like a half an hour to swim too. So it was like, and it was raining. So it took me a long time to swim. I got turned around on the bike and then the run. Um, I was just like, you know what? I didn't die out there. I'm just going to finish. But uh, even though it was like not the perfect race, I was so proud of myself when I finished. Like I even look back at pictures of that race and I'm like, the smile on my face like, says it all. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try next time to do an Olympic and then I'll be done with this. 
So our big team race was in June, but unfortunately, I think, um, I'm going to say I got like strep, you know, teachers were always getting something from the kids. So I got really sick and I had to drop down from the Olympic to the sprint. And I ended up that race actually placing fourth in my category, but it was a much better experience than the one in May. So I was like, you know what? I think I'll, I'll sign up again next year. But I was like, I'm not going to really upgrade my bike. I did what I call sloth time um, after the race in June, you know, to me, triathlon season's over. I did nothing you know, enjoyed my whole life, ate everything, um, and then decided again, you know, the next year I was going to do it again. And my friend was like, well, if you're really going to do this, maybe you should get a new bike. So I got really lucky. A store was going out of business and I ended up getting like a pretty nice bike on sale. So I ended up upgrading last year <laughs> to a, I mean, I think it's a pretty nice bike. It's much lighter than that full aluminum bike that I had. Yeah, I stuck with it. And last year I lost my freaking mind. And, um, I did seven triathlons. <laughs> wow. All of them, were they the, the sprints or the Olympic distance? Um, yeah. So I, it's like the, the highs and the lows, right? I was determined that I was going to do an Olympic triathlon uh, la- in 2019. So the first race I was going to do was an Olympic. And it was actually, I convinced my best friend to come down from Pittsburgh and like do a try with me. And I panicked so bad in the swim that it was so embarrassing. The, <laughs> I had to get pulled out of the water by uh, the jet ski, the cop on the jet ski. And um, I cried all the way back to shore. I cried so much that I didn't even realize like the officer who took me out of the water was like a pretty handsome guy. So like I should have been happy that I was jet skiing on the back of like the strong arms of this guy. But like I was embarrassed that I didn't finish the swim but I've heard the swim, is it true, the swimming for the triathlon can be pretty brutal because there's like a lot of kicking and it just gets kind of crazy and chaotic. It's not like just swimming in a pool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, too. So the place that I didn't finish the swim, um, there's a lot of like silt, dirt that like kind of kicks up in the water. So as a woman, we're always going after like the men's waves. So let's say there's nine waves. I was probably in like the seventh one. So it's already like pretty muddy. Um, we were wearing wetsuits that day because the water temperature was cold enough. And that can add a little extra stress and pressure. You know, all of those combined with like me knowing I was going to be out there for at least an hour swimming a mile. <laughs> I don't know. I, it got to me. And I, looking back, I know I just probably wasn't mentally prepared that day, but I was very much like physically prepared to do it. So I didn't end up I, what did I, I DQ'd from that because I didn't finish the swim, but I went on to go ahead and bike the 25 miles and then run the 10K. Every triathlon after that, that year, um, I finished six sprint triathlons in 2019. And then, you know, I thought 2020, like I registered for two Olympics and two sprints and I had like a plan and then COVID hit. And so I still have not completed the Olympic triathlon, but I will one day. <laughs> Do you think for running and then, because yeah, swimming for an hour, I can't imagine. Do you think the mental game is different or is it like the same kind of skills you have to use? Um, I, you mean as far as like running and swimming? Yeah, because I can like running for, I think the longest I've ever run is like five and a half hours. And, but like swimming, I can't, I don't know. I can't imagine like, just pushing through for that long towards, I don't know. I'm just wondering if the, the mental games that you have to play with yourself, whatever your strategy is, if it's like the same or do, is it different because you're in the water and like 
I mean, if you're running, you can just stop and walk. But if you're swimming and you stop, you're going to drown. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right? <laughs> so I have a huge like mental block when it comes to swimming. And I know that. So I've read all these books and stuff. But I would, to me, the... Um, mental taxation, I guess. I don't know that that's the appropriate phrase. Like the, the mental challenge that it takes in order for you to get through the swim to me is greater than that of the run. I know, you know, you can turn around, turn over, um, swim on your back, like do a brushstroke, do whatever to like kind of calm yourself down. But there's something about being in the middle of a lake with depending upon where you are either for me in the back by myself um, with like somebody on a kayak being nice and like encouraging me along, or if it's the beginning of the race where everybody's splashing around you, that can be just like quite terrifying. So I would say like, to me, the swim part has like a more of a mental challenge than the the running part. But I know I'm a slow swimmer. Being out there for an hour doesn't really bother me in that I know that I have the endurance and the strength to make it through for whatever it is about running. It just hurts so bad. Like, <laughs> my knees after all of that, like pounding are just like, "Mm, no, we're good here. We need to, we need to go ahead and take it down to a walk. (laughs) So that's like not, um, that that makes it really tough. (laughs) Do you have any, I I just think um, a lot of people have like a funny story, like when they're out training for a run of like something funny or exciting or maybe scary that happened to them while they were training, like on any of your, bikes or swims or runs is there anything that comes to mind i'm trying to even think um because i feel like something always happens right like every race ends up being its own adventure every run let me think so my like craziest race story is the time there were jellyfish in the water wait Um, what (laughs) (laughs) um i again i have only been swimming for five years of my life so um not very good at it but i try I try to be very careful about picking the races that I do based on like the location. And like, I look at the type of water that it is. So if you ever decide to sign up for a triathlon and it says brackish water, that means there could be salt water, which means there could be jellies. So I signed up for a race that was in Buckrow Beach, Virginia. And it was a super sprint. And we get there and there's like these signs for like jellyfish warning. And the guy that I was dating with at the time was like, oh, he's, you know, it's fine. That's like a mosquito bite. You'll be okay okay, I've never experienced this before, but like I go to go do like my little warm up swim and all I could feel was like the grossness all over me. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. And so I didn't even really warm up. We get to the starting line. Um, the guy picks up a jellyfish who's the starter and like puts it on his body. He's like, ladies, you're going to be fine. It's no big deal. He lied. We got in the water um, and we go, so it was like, you have to swim out and then turn right at the buoy. And then you kind of turn right to come back out to a different part of the beach as soon as we rounded that first buoy, all I could hear was women screaming. Um, I, it, like, it was like the second I turned around that buoy, one got on my shoulder, on my left shoulder. I was trying to like stroke with one arm to like wipe it off when another one like attached to my leg. And I was like, oh dear God, I'm not going to survive this. Not even the thought of like somebody get a life those. I just started swimming as hard as I possibly could. I counted, I had at least 11 stings that day. <laughs> Um, and then even when we turned to go in the final sprint, I was just like going as hard as I could. And I think I was splashing probably really hard, but I just kept hearing everybody screaming. And I was like, I can't, can't be in this. And then of course I get out. I think I'm allergic to jellyfish because I actually almost passed out on the bike. <laughs> and when I looked at my, my Garmin data after, you can see where like my heart rate just like dropped completely. And I was like, oh God, 
but it was fine. Never doing, doing salt water or brackish water again, because I still have a scar from that day, but yeah. That's (laughs) really good advice. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. If I ever do a triathlon, note to self. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, hopefully they have, they have like these nets that they can kind of guide the jellies away, but I mean, it was, I don't think that the race organizers are trying to do that, but man, yeah, that was, that was quite a day. And it was also this thing for some reason. Um, so I compete in the Athena category, which is a category for women who are over 165 pounds. So like they have like the Clydesdale, which is like for men to 20 and over. And it's just a category that like acknowledges that gravity is harder on our bodies than it is on people who are lighter. And I um, had done so many triathlons that I was getting to a point that you, I could place in the series for um, the, the races. And for whatever reason, I just kept finishing in fourth place. Like I could never get to third. Um, and I was so bummed because that day, even though like I almost passed out on the bike, I like fought through the jellies. I actually ended up passing a couple of people on the run that I knew were my category. I still got fourth. And it was this thing of just for whatever reason, I kept getting fourth place. <laughs> and I was even more mad, like, Less mad about the jellies, but like, why can I just not get to third place? Like, what's going on? (laughs) But it was a good day. But I survived. I had a funny story. Yeah, at least you got a story out of it. (laughs) Do you have any other advice for anyone that wants to get into triathlons? I would say, like, have a good group of friends and also, like, remember why you do it. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know how it is for you, but training for these endurance sports can get kind of quite lonely. And if you're out here, like running for miles at a time, you're alone with like your thoughts and in your head. These bike rides also like they can be kind of lonely and scary as well. Um, But it always feels better when you do it with a friend. And for me, I feel like I'm still trying to do tries because frankly, I'm bad at it. And every time I get out there, I get better. I always feel like I'm constantly beating my own PR and it feels good to just be improving all the time. Um, but then there's like this social aspect. I was just joking with one of my, my, I call her my try bestie that we were talking about like, what's the best thing to do on the weekends? Why don't we risk it all? And like the fact that we can drive up to a lake and just go swimming and then hang out and talk after, or like go on these ridiculously long bike rides and just like kind of hang out and connect it. Like, I don't know, makes it like, more fun. And then again, I'm there with somebody who's like been with me this whole tribe journey. Who's like, yeah, remember like when we were not able to bike 45 miles and now look at us. But yeah, I would say get some friends for sure. And, and yeah, just remember why your why. I think the audience, it's mostly women. I'm not interviewing only women on purpose. It just kind of seems to be happening. But <laughs> <laughs> as far as like, I don't know. Yeah. Being a woman in this kind of like endurance athlete environment, is there anything you think women specifically might want to know? Maybe. Well, I just think of like how um, it feels sometimes to be excluded as a woman and how it's so great when you finally do find your tribe of women within this. Cause there's some statistic about like um, Ironman, which is like, you know, the quote unquote ultimate triathlon uh, experience. Um, there's only like a couple of percent of women who actually finish. And um, like, I have a friend who she's done two Ironmen and she is like one of 2% of women to like ever done more than one or something. Like it's this ridiculously low statistic. And apparently triathlon is having an issue with like keeping women 
um, involved in the sport. So like, as a woman, it's been so wonderful that like my tri club has so many women and that I have found groups of women to like, at least seek out if I go like on a group bike ride, because gotta be honest, some of these guys are like on a, on a group ride are not trying to say on your left or like be kind when passing. And it seems like a very, like, I don't know, like a contest for them almost every time they get out. Whereas like, I find that women tend to work together more or like, you know, if my gear is on or if my chain is on the wrong gear setting, like, Hey, why don't you try and switch this and see how it goes? Like women are like a lot more supportive. So like, I guess that's again, goes back to my triathlon advice. Like if you're getting started, like find your group of friends, like find your tribe of women it'll be there to support you because frankly, as women, we just rock at like keeping each other lifted and, and adjusting each other's crowns from time to time when it's needed. So what about training with your triathlon team? Cause you've mentioned that you have an awesome team, but it can still be challenging um, training with other people. I know that's why some people stay away from like group runs because they're either worried that they're going to get left behind or it's going to slow them down. So um, what about that? So this 2020 year, I actually volunteered to be a coach for our tri team. And part of the reason I did that is, so I actually used to be a college track coach. It was one of my first jobs. Um, so I know a lot about like track and I still know about coaching distance, even though I was a sprinter. What was frustrating to me is like, I'm a back of the pack athlete and there was never anybody there who would like stay with me when I got lost. Um, or like, like literally like that's a probably a story I should have told you like I couldn't find my way home and (laughs) I didn't have my cell phone because I was like well I have this fancy watch right like I started coaching wait wait back up (laughs) that's awful like I I thought about not taking my phone because I have the watch but now I'm like hmm Well, I know better now. It's just like, so they send us their routes um, as a team before we go out. And I've been like struggling with, I mean, I'm not a very good distance runner at all. That's not my strength. Like I can run for a hundred meters and we're good, but I already knew I was going to be in the back, but they um, decided to do this route. And I got left within the first mile. And then one of my friends, um, she was actually further behind me. Like she was just like, leave me. I'm fine. So like, I'm in the middle of like, the back of the pack, I guess, but there's nobody around me. And I swear I took a wrong turn. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to get to work. Like I can't be in the middle of these, like um, there's like a trail nearby here. I can't be out on this trail, like by myself in the middle of the morning, I'm going back. Um, So after I actually cried because I was like, I'm lost. I turned around and um, ended up finding my friend who was like, Oh, thank God I found you. Um, I don't know where I'm going. So we ended up just backtracking ourselves back um, to the Y because <laughs> we we were lost. <laughs> yeah, not fun. But that's why I became a coach, right? Because I know what it's like to be in the back. I do not feel like I'm losing out on my workout if I'm hanging out with one of the athletes who has to use the Galloway method, which is walking and running. If that's what you got to do to get yourself through the three miles, then you're stronger than the person who was laying in bed and didn't do the three miles today. All right, athletes, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I want to say thanks again to Jasmine Rogers for agreeing to be on this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to be interviewed. And I want to say thanks to you, the listener, for listening to this episode out of all of the other things you could be listening to right now. So thank you again. If you want to hear a little bit more about Jasmine's 
first um, attempt at the Olympic distance triathlon. I'm going to be releasing a bonus short on Friday where she talks about it in a little bit more detail. Uh, she talked about it twice during our interview, but it just didn't work in terms of flow um, meshing them together. But I thought it would make a perfect bonus episode, and I definitely think it's worth listening to. So check it out on Friday. Uh, if there's the option to leave a review wherever you're listening to this, or if you don't mind taking a trip to Apple Podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave an honest review about what you think about the show so far, what you hope to hear next, uh, what kind of athlete you want to hear from next. Definitely leave a review if you can. And that's all. Stay tuned for next week.